0: Good morning, Rock of Grace. I am excited to worship Jesus this morning with you. Can you guys stand with us? And I know there's people coming in, but I just had a picture this morning of this sound and people running to the sound. So while people are coming, let's lift up a shout. How about that? Amen? Oh, precious is the flow that thing about being in your presence is that you fight our battles while we just worship. I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance the exodus of my heart. You found Free me, held back the waters from my relief, oh Yahweh, you're the Guys, I feel like um, just tore out that C, guys. Like, there's something in music that happens that's so prophetic. And we were learning this week at David U about the different notes and chords, and there's how they lead into the next, and there's kind of like a waiting. And I feel like there's a waiting this morning, and we're gonna go back into this bridge. And we're gonna talk about and sing about and proclaim how he has brought us out into freedom. So we're gonna go right back into that. Can we all just lift up hands? Lift up our holy, lift up holy hands like it says in the word where it talks about that. Jesus come, Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. I don't know about you guys this morning, but I am desperate for a move of the Holy Spirit. Are we desperate, church? Are we desperate?
1: One of the things that we mentioned last week, I was in Cortland, and we were talking about the power of worship, and so I love that we paused right here for a minute because I I want us to just think of this. One of the things you see in the Bible is that, so in the world, you celebrate uh, after the victory. In the kingdom, you celebrate before the victory. Celebrating is part of the battle. You worship. You say, God, you're going to fight this battle because I I know I can't do it. So let's lift up our hands. Let's praise him. And I want you to praise him knowing there's people in this room who are battling something. Last week, we ended the service in Cortland and God said, there's addictions in here. And six people said, yeah, I love Jesus, but I have an addiction that I, I can't get over. And I'm telling you, God's presence swept through that room and God's presence is here right now. I said right now and here's what we're gonna do we're gonna worship and some of you say my arms are heavy my arms are heavy pastor Jordan I don't feel like it I have something lift them anyway lift them way past your emotions get your emotions in line with truth David said why so downcast oh my soul put your hope in God so let's see how high we can lift our hands right now come on I want you to pretend like they're antennas right now and say God Despite my emotions, despite something going on outside of my control, despite something I'm frustrated with, I'm going to worship you. Come on, repeat that with me. Say, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you, God. And let's sing this again. Let's declare it.
0: I'm not alone morning with you guys singing, I almost wanted to sit down, But we're going to sing this again, and I'm telling you, there's something in the spirit, there's this attack on the church, where it's us up here, and you out there, and I'm telling you, it is so wrong, we are all priests, we are all Levites, come on, we've chosen, and let's lift our voice. we yeah. song Jeremy Camp is the one who put this song out but he didn't write it this was written after an excruciating tragedy that happened in a church that Jesus of all our praises whether you feel like crying whether you feel the victory or your emotions are lying to you and that's what Pastor Jordan said let our feelings come into alignment with the Word of God this morning I just feel like there's an intense feeling this morning that, that there's a battle going on and some of us are really struggling because you feel the intensity of the battle But today, this morning, Jesus, we in this place, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we say come, and we say all authority and every victory is yours, God. I give you my family, my finances, my addictions, my struggles, my sin, it's all yours. Father, glorify yourself. Through a church that is saying we don't have all the answers in our flesh, but we do in the spirit because it's you, it's all you, it's only ever been you, Jesus. So what's the excruciating pain? What's the what's the the winless battle, the defeat that you feel in your spirit, the hurt that says, I'm gonna quit? This is a family and we will not quit. We will not stop worshiping you, Jesus, even in the midst of pain. No matter what happens in this nation or surrounding us, God, we will worship you because you're worthy of our praise.
1: Jesus in this place. Do you just love Him? God, we just love you. You know, while He was singing that last, uh, the song right before this, in my mind I was thinking about Ezekiel 37, and um, it's probably familiar to some of you, but um, maybe just jot that down in your phone and read that later, and I'll give you the 30 second snapshot of it. Is the prophet comes to this? He has this vision of this valley of dry bones, and God says, Uh, prophesy to these dry bones that they're going to live, right? And he's kind of like, you know, bewildered at this idea. What do you mean prophesy? And they're going to be an army. But as he does it, as he prophesies, it says there came a sound. And I mean, within like a minute, he's like, there's a sound. And I'm like, there's a sound, right? uh, Listen, there's a sound that can only come from praise in the valley. There's a a unique sound of praise on the mountaintop, right? God's just answered your prayers. There is a unique sound that can only come from praise in the valley. When there's just death around you, there's problems around you and you say, despite what I see around me, I am going to worship God because God tells me to worship him. And then what's amazing is while you do, your view of God expands. It's not that he gets bigger, right? But it's that you see how big he is, right? And then your disposition, your attitude, everything changes and then guess what? God responds to faith. God always responds to faith. And suddenly your situation changes, right? So worship, worship your way out of that battle, amen? Listen, high five or COVID elbow bump somebody and on your way to your seat, greet somebody. I hope you guys are doing well. You doing well? Is it cold out or what? Dude, it is cold. Oh, my gosh. I got it in the car, and I was just like, yeah. Um, hey, did anybody notice that one of our 52 miracles was the Browns went to a playoffs game? I mean, can we just say that? I mean, I know they're not in the Super Bowl, and I cried a single tear about that that last play. Did anybody else? Ray, anybody else with me? You know, just had a kind of an emotional breakdown. You see that? I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah. But how many believe God's still good, even though the Browns are in the Super Bowl? We almost made it. There's always next year. Like every year. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. We're really glad you're here. We've got a couple announcements for you. Daddy-daughter dance is coming up. Oh, my gosh. How many of you have daughters? I've got like a 25. I have a lot of daughters. Anybody have daughters out there? Okay. Uh, I want to encourage you. You still got a couple more weeks to sign up for that. Uh, I guess about two weeks, really. And so I, I am uh, in charge of that event, and I'm just so excited to be with you that night. Uh, you will be getting or will have already received uh, an email that's going to just kind of notify you about a little letter that you're going to write for your daughter, and your daughter's going to write a little letter to you, and we're going to coach you through that because we really want this to be a special event. Amen? Amen. All right. Also, Youth Retreat is coming up. Pastor Jeremiah C. is doing such a good job. Um, how many of you guys know Pastor Jeremiah? He's our youth leader. Yeah, about two-thirds of you. If you haven't met him, come on out on a Wednesday night. Um, drop off your team, but walk in and and meet him and the, and the team. I've known Jeremiah since he was, well, he actually, he was never short. He was, like, seven foot tall when he was, like, eight years old. I was like, huh, okay. And... uh but, yeah, I taught him guitar, and then he went on the road with me ministering for 12 years. He's a great young man, and he, he's our youth, youth leader. And there's an event coming up at the end of the month, $50 per student. Uh, big shout-out to Noel and Nate. Where are you at, Coosters, Big Oak Meadows? Yes, providing an awesome uh, amount of resources there that's really helpful. So thank you so much. Hey, before we go into baby dedication, I do want to let you know, Pastor Dave and Michelle are going to be in Cortland for the next six months as we're in this transition uh, process. We're still on the hunt uh, for a campus pastor. We've been doing interviews, and how many know that could probably take a while. You really get to know someone. It does indeed. And so anyway, Pastor Dave, could you actually stand up and just give him like a, a wave, kind of maybe like a model wave? Can you do that? Yeah, that didn't work out so well with the big, bald, hairy beard dude. But maybe next time, just give him an air fist bump. But um, he's going to be down there and uh, ministering and just helping that transition. On that note, if you say, you know what, I have known the Lord for a long time, and, and I've never stepped in to serve in a ministry, I want you to glance at these two side walls, either one there, and you'll see we want every single person to connect, grow, serve, and then ultimately Lead people to follow Jesus together. So if you're saying, I'm growing, I'm connecting, you know, I'm, I'm in a life group, but I'm not, I'm not serving anywhere, maybe now is your chance. And you, guess what? God has a word for you. Turn to, the neighbor, turn to the neighbor and say, now's your chance. Yeah, you just got a word right there. You just got a word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so tempted to keep making jokes right now. Is it God's will that you serve? Yes, it is. I will tell you right now. Don't need to pray about that. No, but uh, what we find actually, and you've heard me teach on this a lot, is that when you serve and when you lock into your gifting, it actually unlocks this, big area of meaningfulness in your life. So maybe it's nursery, maybe it's toddlers, uh, maybe it's RSK, maybe uh, it's worship team, greeters, hospitality. Maybe you wanna be the sign guy. You just wanna go out and put the sign out for parking. There's all kinds of areas you can meet Pastor Dave and he'll get you squared away, all right? And we're gonna have um, on a time of offering. Uh, we're still going to do this, this kind of a unique way of giving where you're just online or drop it in that, uh, I can never remember that name, mercy box. Thank you. I call it the Ark of the Covenant one time. Seriously, we almost had a Raiders of the Lost Ark and face melting. It was bad. All right. I want you to uh, prepare your gift. Uh, You can give through the app, obviously, text to give, or in person. And uh, once you've prepared that, go ahead and bow your heads and, and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to give, Lord. We truly, we consider it an honor God, I just thank you even for the testimony I heard just, just last week, uh, two weeks ago rather, that young man said, I, I just started trusting God with my money and I just can't believe the peace now that I have. So God, thank you for that peace that can only come when we say, God, we truly trust you. God, this money that we have is not ours. God, it's yours. And so we, we're we thankful that we get to steward it. I pray a blessing over every giver. Father, every single person and family who is giving every single week, God, to help us transform Trumbull with the light of Jesus Christ. I pray a blessing over them and everything they do. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, today's a special day. I want to invite up Pastor Dave and Michelle, and I'm going to grab a couple things. Why don't you welcome them as they come up on the stage? We got something a little special. Danielle, can you come be my Vanna White? Can you because I got too much stuff in my hands. Thank you, honey. <laughs> What'd she do? What'd I miss? Did you do the wave? Yeah. She's prettier than you, Dave. Just gotta say. It's the hair. All right, hold this one here. Thanks. Um so my parents, uh we're talking about parenting today, actually. And my parents, uh, created an awesome tradition here uh, with baby dedication where we ask you to commit to serving little baby David. And is he not the cutest? Listen, he just crawled right out of a Jimber ead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that, that's a cute baby, man. So uh, we want to say a big congratulations. Six pounds, 15 ounces, September 17th. Wow. So awesome, huh? David, would you like it to say anything? You never know. I've had times when we do that, and they just, they just start praising. Oh, okay. So we want, we want to just share with you a couple things. In the Word, we learned that uh, some, some children come to Jesus as he's teaching, right? And the disciples say, hey, do you want me to get the kids out of here, you know? And, and Jesus says, no, let them come unto me. Um, in fact, you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you become like these children, And so Jesus, in that moment, used what they considered to be an interruption to be this teaching moment that you cannot come into the kingdom of God unless you come childlike. How many know that when you're childlike, you realize you need help? Is he, just curious, is he making his own outfits and his own meals yet?
0: He's making plenty of (laughs) doo-doo.
1: Okay, that's the only thing, right? And guess what, that's what we do. No pun intended. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> that came out all wrong. But we do. We <laughs> There's no recovery from that. But really, we <laughs> that pun was awesome. I did not mean to do that. We do. We make a lot of mess in our life until we come to God and we say, like, we have, we have nothing. That's what, seriously, you have to come to God like a child. If you come to God with all your answers and, and you're a self-made man and you come to him like that rich young ruler and you say, what else must I do to be saved, right? There, no, there's nothing that we can accomplish to earn our salvation. We have to come to him. Amen. So I have a challenge. For you. I just want to encourage you and challenge you to be there for this baby. This baby is gonna need someone to hold him and pray for him in the nursery, right? This baby is gonna need someone to care for him when he goes in to Stepping Stones, when he goes on a whitewater rafting guy's trip. Come on, is he ready to go this August? We're going, I don't know if he's going. Pray about it, okay. There's gonna be times when you have an opportunity to impact his life. And how many know it does take a village, Right? It takes a family, and we're a family. So what we also we want to do is tell you, uh, we want to give you this red rose and this white rose. The red rose uh, symbolizes the blood of Jesus. And so what we encourage you to do is just kind of put this in a, a safe place, maybe with you know, his baby footprints and some sort of mem- uh, memorabilia box, and tell him one day what First John 1, 9, and 10 says, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful. He is listening to the gospel right now. Yes, that's right. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. And that when you do that, that God makes you pure, white as snow. And that there's nothing. And you can tell him, you can look him in the eyes and say, son, there's nothing that's going to separate you from the love of God. There's never a time when he's not going to forgive you and make you clean. Amen. So can you stretch your hands towards him and this awesome family? We just want to pray for them. Father, we thank you. Lord, even just this gift to this church, God, that this, this couple has become, already they feel like family. God, we pray a blessing over their uh, new child. What a gift. Lord, I just pray that uh, you would give them strength, God, when they're running out of strength, Lord. I pray that you would give them wisdom when uh, he gets older and there's moments they just don't know what to do. I thank you that in that moment they can bow their head. They can ask you for wisdom. And, God, you'll speak to them. Your word says in James that you give generously for those who ask for wisdom without favoritism. So, Father, we ask you for strength, for wisdom, and, God, even for this whole church, we commit to help raise him so that in the end he will not depart. In Jesus' name, amen. So cool, huh? Give him one more hand. Could you, yeah, if a couple guys could grab that pulpit, thank you so much. I'll take that back, honey. Thank you. I mean, maybe I'll have my sermon memorized, but maybe not. Um, So, we're entering a four week series on relationships, how relationships work. I always love when you're a pastor, when there's something else, the whole church will go like this Aren't these two studly guys? Give them a hand. This pulpit, I remember when I ordered this pulpit, they didn't tell me it was 3,000 pounds. Every time you lift it up, you're like, I need to work out. All right, so, um, oh, I have a letter for you, too. Can I give you that? All right. So turn in your Bibles. Uh, What's our first passage here? Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 4. And we'll go there in a minute and just kind of get it ready. Uh, one of the things that you've seen in the foyer the last two months is these shirts that say every child. And I wanna read a couple statistics that we put on there. And even if you don't see someone at the Welcome Center, just so you know, you can, you can drop $10, $20 extra in, the, in your uh, offering and then just pick one of these up. We can just use the honor code. But anyway, check this out. 45% of people in Trumbull Say they're religious, right? So I looked up some data, some different surveys that were told. But 100% of, Trump, of kids in Trumbull need a loving home. Amen? Amen? All right, 22% of people in Trumbull are, quote, Christian. 100% of the kids need a home. So it doesn't matter about race either, because 85% are white, 10% are African American, 5% other, but 100% need a loving home. Why? Every child. Deserves a loving home. All right, let's pretend like youth group days. Let's just throw out a gift. Who wants a free T-shirt? Yes, I see you right right there. Here we go. Boom! You got it. Give him a hand. Just curious, was anybody here the night that I threw out a CD and I cut a girl's eye? (laughs) That happened. Anybody? Was anybody here at that unite way back then? Yeah. Ask Dave Morris. Ashman's, any of those people, they, they remember. I was like, you get it. <laughs> oh, I don't have any CDs to give away. Praise God. All right. We're going to discuss relationships. And today we're starting with parenting, right? Now, you think you'd start with marriage, but apparently we're not going to start with marriage. <laughs> Do you like that? No, really, I have no other reason why we're starting with parenting. But we are. So I, uh, I want you guys to realize a couple things. Um, in all four of our key life relationships, okay, that we see in the Bible. There's four of them that we're going to talk about. You can put up that that next slide. Four of four of these relationships, we're going to find servant leadership and joyful submission. So we're going to talk about marriage, husbands and wives. We're going to talk about parents and children today. We're going to talk about government and citizens, and we're going to talk about pastors and congregation. And my dad is actually going to preach that message on pastors and congregation. I think he's here today. Uh, Dad, why don't you give him a a model wave there? Great. All right, he's not doing it. All right. So honestly, if if I had to list... Three things that I learned from my parents, if I had to list. You know what's one of the top things, if not the top thing, that I learned from my parents is how important it is to honor authority. And this whole uh, sermon series uh, is about relationships. And sometimes the relationships we have uh, include authority. So just curious, how many of you have a job? You have a job with a boss or a manager. Just curious. All right. All right. How many of you ever changed jobs when you were in your early 20s and 30s and you got a new authority? Yeah, all right. We all at all times will have different types of uh, relationships, right? And we'll enter into new seasons. And there's this one word that my dad used to use all the time in speaking of this that I want to use throughout this uh, month. That's the word honor. Everybody say honor. If you will choose... And you could, we could literally, I could just, Pastor Dave, I could just walk off the stage after this line and we could, we could go home, uh, is this. If you will choose to honor that person, it will save you a lot of grief. And here's the thing. You can always honor. Even when, even when uh, you know, you disagree, you can always honor. Turn to your spouse, turn to your random uh, person you never met before and say, you can always honor. You can always honor. So, I want to tell you a quick story. This is going to seem so um, like a kind of a random story, but man, it really hit me knowing what I was preaching on. Now, again, my dad's going to discuss this whole thing of pastors and congregation in three weeks. But I want to tell you a little story about honor. This is really simple, but to a pastor, it's a big deal. So a guy came up to me on uh, this week and he said, hey, I really my wife and I have been praying and we feel like we're supposed to start coming To your church, I said, "Man, that is so awesome!" You know, he proceeded to say, "You know, my wife and I have been praying about it. We've been going to this other church, and so we met with our pastor. You know, and we and through tears, we told him we love you so much, but we both feel from God that we're supposed to go and serve at this church." And I said, "Dude, that's the most rare thing." And he said, Yeah, I did it because I didn't want my pastor to think that he had done something wrong or whatever. Because I know so here's the thing, guys. I just this is really random, this is really quick, but it deals with our whole series here. Is this if you ever feel called to go to another church, let us bless you. Because here's the thing, we pastors, we care deeply for you. We care about you. We so when you go, if you feel like led to go to another church, we're gonna bless you because we're very kingdom-minded, but let us bless you so we don't wonder what What went wrong? Does that make sense? So he was acting in honor. He was thinking, what would I want if I was uh, that pastor? And again, that's one of the best ways that you can succeed in your relationships is to apply the golden rule. If it were me, what would I prefer? One of the quickest ways to get to honor, all right? All right, so today we're starting off this series, again, like I said, about parenting. So let's go ahead and pray. Ask God to speak to us. Father, I pray that today... Lord, that our hearts would be open. God, that we would see you as our parent, our loving father. God, that we would learn from you how to parent and even how to respond to our parents. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to quickly talk about, just for five to seven minutes, about spiritual moms and dads, spiritual fathers and mothers. All right, so before we talk about biological parenting, I want to talk to you about spiritual Parenting, all right. We see in the Bible, we see Paul mentor Timothy. We even see all the great revivalists. We see Lester Summerall. Guess what? He had a mentor, he had a spiritual dad, and then he was a spiritual dad. If you just start reading about some of these great moves of God in the Bible, you will always find something consistent spiritual moms and dads. Let me say it one more time. Every time there's revival, Because I've read about, if you've read Sean's book, if you've read any of these books about great moves of God through Wales or through Kilpatrick in Florida, there's always moms and dads. So what I want to ask you is this. I want you to think for a minute. Do you have a spiritual mom or dad? Do you have somebody that when you're going through something difficult, you know, this is who I'm calling. This is who I'm calling for advice, for godly counsel, and to pray with me. You know, I I, I want to tell you how important that is. That is priceless. Priceless. And to be a good spiritual parent, you've got to be a good spiritual son. Right? So I want to ask you this again. Uh, let's flip it now. Is there anyone in your life, and we're going to come back to this throughout the message. Is there anyone in your life that you're spiritually parenting? Right? Now, I'll tell you right now, if if I were to be asked what what do you think is like the number one missing thing in the American church? You know what I would say? Definitely. Spiritual spiritual fatherhood. Spiritual parenting. Because we've all kind of gotten used to this idea of I come and I listen to a pastor and you know that well that's great and yes we study and we pray and we prepare to feed you on a Sunday morning. We prepare to lead you and equip you for the work of the ministry but Nothing can replace a mentor in your life. Nothing, right? And I'm telling you, you need a spiritual mom and dad, and you can be a spiritual mom or dad. And guess what? You can set up a relationship too that's where you just say, hey, you know what? How about for the next few months? I have a guy I'm doing that with right now every Saturday, and we're going through uh, scriptural principles together. And it's a beautiful thing. And so I want to encourage you If when I ask that question, if you're like, man, you know, I don't, I don't really have somebody, you watch, you pray about who that is, and sometimes God has already been speaking to that person. Amen? Spiritual parenting is about believing in someone else and believing in their success more than yours, and it's about laying down what you want to do so they can succeed. I'll give you a great example of this. Will's been mentoring a young guy named Dalton. So I remember seeing the call of God on Dalton's life when he was just a teenager in our youth group. And I remember uh, dropping him off. And then I remember Pastor Dan McConnell dropping him off. Uh, he was always getting dropped off, you know, at, at, at home far away. And, and um, but yet I just knew God was going to do something. And now years later, he's stepping into his calling. Now Will with, with uh, Pastor Justin, started this ministry called Immerse. And so Will was being very transparent at our David U class. By the way, David U began, we got five people called in the ministry, getting trained for a ministry. Isn't that awesome? Five. You say, that's a small class. I know, but it's five. Okay. So Will was saying, hey, you know what? Dalton, I believe in you. I believe, why don't you take the whole, the whole immerse? Now, in his mind, right, Satan could say, this is your ministry, right? And he was joking about that. He was telling us that, right? Satan could say, well, you need to hold on to this. But so, no, a, a father always lets go and wants his son to succeed more than him. And this, is this not also the heart of God? This is what God does for us, and this is what we can learn to do for others. So my question is, who do you believe in who do you want to succeed? Are you guys okay jumping in? We're jumping into the meat quick. You guys okay? All right. Who do you want to succeed? Who's around you that's going to be your Timothy? Who's around you that you can believe in? Now, one of the first things people do when they, they uh, kind of negate themselves, they write themselves off the list to be a mentor is they say, well, I haven't been a Christian long enough. Well, I have a little poll we're going to take. Who's ready for a poll? Can anybody see that little smirk on my face when I said that? Okay. How many of you have been a Christian for more than 10 years? Raise your hand. You're ready. All right. Let me ask one more time. How many of you have been a Christian more than 10 years? Raise your hand. High five the person next to you because their hand is up too. You have a lot of wisdom to give. And you have something that, that you can believe in them. Guys, right now, Kylie Berry, she's like, Seventeen. she's leading worship at one of our campuses. Why? Because we said, we believe in you. We didn't say, we have to do it. No, we say, we believe in you. How can we help you? You have a gift. That's what spiritual parenting and fatherhood is about. It's looking at somebody younger than you, or you just younger in, younger in uh, faith, however you say that. Right? <laughs> and... <laughs> I had a couple people ask me some funny questions this, this last week. What is the age maximum for David you? It's <laughs> like, there is no maximum. Hey, you can always be growing. Amen? All right, so let's transition to biological parenting, and you're going to find a lot of the principles are the same. Here we go. Parents, here's your key takeaways today: Provide, protect and promise. All these notes are in the mobile app, too, Rock of Grace app. They're right there with fill-in-the-blanks, and you can talk with them with your life group or email them uh, to a friend. Parents, like, can we all read this, actually, those three words? Provide, protect, and promise. All right? So parents provide, protect, and promise. Why? God wired us to, as parents to provide, to protect, and to promise our kids, knowing it would be an incredible example of how he feels towards us. Now, again, we're going to talk about parenting, but some of you, if you say, you know what, I'm not a parent, I want to encourage you, don't check out today. Don't check out today because you can still learn so much about the heart of God, the way he feels towards you. Amen? So parents provide a lot of things. Let's start with this, a safe place to always call home. Think about the prodigal son. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 15, 11 through 32. Luke 15, 11 through 32. If you're there, say, got it. All right, I'm not going to have it on the screen, so I hope you got it. Right? All right, you can pull it up again in your Bible or the Rock of Grace app. And it says this. Jesus said, there's a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. There he squandered, he wasted all that was given to him in reckless living. When he spent everything, a severe famine rose across the country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to be one of the citizens of the citizens." Of the country. He sent him to take care of the pigs. And he was longing to be fed, even started eating what the pigs were eating, because no one gave him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough to eat? But I am dying of hunger. I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. Now, notice, he says, I will say to him, I don't think he's actually repentant yet. I Because he just said, I can eat better at dad's house. I don't think he's actually repentant until he sees his father. While he was a long way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and he opened his arms and ran towards him, embraced him, and kissed him. Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said, bring me the best robe. Put it on and put a ring on his hand. Put new shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's eat. Let's celebrate. Let's party. For this, my son that was dead is now alive. He was lost and now found, and they all begin to celebrate. By the way, that's the gospel. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit led me to this little story that most of you I'm sure are familiar with, but if you're listening online or if you're in the room today, that's the gospel. You and I are the prodigal son. We wasted everything the Father had given us in our own selfish living, and then we came back to our senses. At some point, the Holy Spirit, who is like the voice of God, sent a little message to your heart that says you need God. The Holy Spirit sent a message to your heart, and he came to you. Right? And how many of you had that moment? You came to your senses and you asked God to forgive you of your sins. How many have had that moment? Right? Now, here's what's so beautiful, though. When you came to God, God didn't say, hold on, hold on. You need to earn it for a while. Hold on. I'm going to have you live over there for a while. No. He not only welcomed him back, he threw a party. He put a new robe on him. That speaks of the righteousness, that you are clothed in righteousness. He puts a ring on your finger. That ring said you're in the family. He calls you his child. Now the older brother, you've heard me say before, this passage could be called the older brother. Because the older brother ain't having it. He's like, how come you didn't throw me a party? If we could just put in a voice, how come you didn't throw me a party? Like that, right? By the way, the older brother is religion. Religion despises everything the father has already freely given. Religion is when you try to work for what God has already given you. And here the, the, the prodigal son sees how deeply he is loved by Father God. How many of you know you are deeply loved by Father God? And I think when he was embraced by his dad, then he, realized, then, then he was repentant. Then he really said, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's willing to forgive me. And in this moment, we find that the father, like any parent, will always provide a safe place to call home. In fact, I want to celebrate something really cool. My friends, Julia and Courtney Perkins, are just now celebrated the beginning steps of adoption with a little baby they've had for 18 months. Come on, is that awesome? Can we praise God? God. Now, why do, I, why do I celebrate that? Because we're family, right? And with family, we hurt together, we celebrate together. We hurt together, we celebrate together. Amen? So in this story, we see the amazing love of God. So let's transition ourselves now back to being parents. We are called to protect. We're called to provide a safe home We're called to show the unconditional love of God. So what does Father God's parental love teach us? What does God's parental love teach us? And by the way, if you want to dive deeper into this subject, I encourage you to read a book called Hesed that I read last year. H-E-S-E-D. It's actually by a songwriter and a great, great book called Hesed. Uh, if you want to jot that down. And that will get you even deeper into this idea of God's parental love, how he reveals himself to Moses. But anyway, how can we follow the example given to us? I think we can show the unconditional love of Father God to not just our biological kids, but even our spiritual kids. Because how many know, how many have ever actually, you have tried mentoring someone, and sometimes it didn't work out as well as you thought. That's because if we can go back to earlier service, kids tend to do do. Right? So does that mean you write them off? No. It means you love them, you give them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a tenth chance. Amen? Let me read, from you, read to you uh, from 1 John 2. 1 John 2. Now little children abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back at his coming. If you know that, that he is righteous, that you may uh, be sure that everyone who practices this righteousness has been born into his family. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children. Everybody say children. I want to read that again. See what kind of love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children. Children of God. I mean, guys. Does this has any of you ever made some mistakes and you thought I'm not worthy to be called a child of God, right? I'm not worthy to come into this family. But Jesus calls you his brother or sister. He's your brother, right? He literally says when he's asked how to how to pray, "Our Father." Come on, I'm going to teach you how to pray to our Father. Amen. Little children. Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness uh, is righteous, and he is righteous. I want to let you understand. I I want you to understand today the family of God is a beautiful thing. By the way, the family of God is much bigger than you think it is. Can I just throw that in there real quick? In my traveling, I found there's a lot of Catholic Christians, Methodist Christians, Baptist Christians, come on, Lutheran Christians... Does anybody realize there's Christians outside the assemblies of God? I just want to make a... Okay, can everybody just raise your hand nice and high because <laughs> I've met people that don't say... Okay, the kingdom of God is not standard edition, right? And it's not even HD, right? It's panoramic. Right? All right. Promise. Parents promise. Can everybody say with me? Parents promise. Parents promise a brighter future parents promise unconditional love parents promise unconditional love turn in your bibles to ephesians 5 ephesians 5 verse 1 while you're turning there i want to tell you god calls you his own and his love for you is so great in fact i want to i want to Go to some pictures that are at the beginning of the slideshow that I forgot to do, Ruth. I'm sorry. Can you slide, go back to the very beginning? I want, I want to show you guys my family and how, exci- how proud I am of this. Okay, so this is my brothers, well, my sisters, my brothers-in-laws. Uh, half of them are bald, I just noticed. I never noticed that till, till I put them on a TV. Uh, anyway, uh, that's my parents there in the middle right. Is that middle right to you guys? Yeah, right there. And uh, are you thankful? Aren't you thankful for Mark and Pam and their investment in this church? Amen. You know your family, by the way, when you just come on, you just take their oil with that parm. You know what I mean? You just say, like, what's that? Oh, oh you know, that's, that's brothers and sisters. Let's go to the next slide. I want to show you my family. This is my beautiful wife, Danielle. We have four little girls, and uh, that's, that's mother-in-law Joanne. I always tell her she's the greatest mother-in-law I've ever had. She's, she's the best. Are you here, Joanne? Where are you at? Somewhere? There you are. She's got the model wave down. You've been working on that. Every Saturday, she's like, "Uh." okay. So uh, we take them on a lot of trips. We try to make some great memories. We actually went to a hotel this weekend. That's why if you see my eyes are bloodshot, that's why. Uh, Just leave that there. Have you guys ever tried to cram seven people into one hotel room? (laughs) Gee, is it a lot of fun? Uh, No, but I'm just kidding. We had a blast uh, kind of. No, it was a lot of fun. That's Papa Bob down there on, on the bottom left. And uh, he's making some, some mess with Eden. That's, he's great at that. Good job eating some cookies or something. And uh, if you're wondering, that is like the rudest thing you've ever done, if that's what you're thinking. I'm not allowed to show you his face. But that's little Lucas. You can meet him in the foyer. I've actually had people message me on Facebook like, you are so rude. Putting an emoji over your son's face. I'm like, dude, it's the law. Okay. But uh, his name is Lucas, so he, he's our little guy for now. We just love him so much. So God teaches us. I want I put his picture up for a reason because I really want you guys to hear something. Hebrews, uh, in particular Romans 6 through 8 and Hebrews uh, 5 through 7, talk about this idea of the family of God that we are adopted in. Now, I want to tell you something amazing. I want to tell you something really beautiful. When Lucas was crying in the night, do you know I had just as much love for him as my daughters? I promise you. Now, there's not, I'm not going to tell you it was always easy. I'm not going to tell you there wasn't times when it was hard or I was like, oh, bro, it's 2 a.m., right? But I can tell you the vast majority of the time I want to go take care of him. I want to go show him the love that he needs. Why? Because that's what the God, God the Father does in our hearts, and that is a picture of how much he loves you. You say, well, I wasn't born in the right family. doesn't matter. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks, Pastor Jordan. You don't understand how I grew up. No, it doesn't matter how broken you think your upbringing was. God calls you his, period. And he loves you, get this, just as much as all his other kids. He says, let me adopt you. Let me take care of you. And do you know, he gets joy out of watching you learn to walk. Lucas is still learning. He's just, he looks like a little drunken sailor sometimes. It's, I mean, he just waddles around, right? I mean, he, he is the cutest little guy. And we have so much love for that child. And I want to tell you, God feels that way about you times 100. Amen. Jesus describes this love, right? Jesus describes this, this love in two uh, of, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, John 14. And for the sake of time, I couldn't give you all of this, so I just want you to jot this down. John 14 through John 16. In particular, I'm just going to give you some bullet points here. The Father sent the Son to provide for you, to take care of you, to protect you. The word that you hear is not mine, the Father who sent me. The Father gave all authority to Jesus. The Father answers prayers. You can pray to him. You can come boldly to him and ask, right? The Father sends the Holy Spirit to comfort you. The Father provides this. Everybody say, Father. The Father gives Jesus the word to teach us, 14, verse 24 and 15, 15. The Father is the source and provision of all in the Godhead. In fact, He reveals Himself as a triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But how does it always begin? Father. If there's one attribute you've got to get down about God, it's that He is Abba Father. And and no matter how difficult your relationship was with your earthly Father growing up, because I know for some of you, maybe it's very painful. But I want to tell you, God is the Father that you're looking for. Abba Father will always love you, always provide for you, always protect you, and always promise you a future. So jot those scriptures down, John 14 through 16. And I want to tell you this. I know I said this twice. I want to say it again because I really want this to stick in your spirit. God wired us to provide, protect, and promise, knowing it would be an example of how deeply he feels towards us. So everybody say this with me, provide, protect, and promise. Provide, protect, and promise. How many of you guys are so thankful God's been providing for you, protecting you, and promising? Right? God is such a good father. Now, if you guys were staying, I, <laughs> I was thinking on the drive here, I was like, man, how many parenting stories should I tell? Because I could keep you guys here until 6 p.m., Okay, with with awesome, uh, parent fails. Now sometimes we like to yes, you heard me say fails. Yeah, so sometimes we like to say like yeah, I'm gonna protect them. Well, I've got a little video for you to prove that sometimes as parents we try to protect our kids, and it just doesn't work out as we intended. <laughs> That's quality parenting right there. <laughs> See that look on his face? That may or may not be Lucas. Plant. this guy's smart trust me You got to end it with that one. You got to end it with that one. I know what some of you are thinking, Jordan, you really just need to be a youth pastor. I know. I know. (laughs) Can I tell you guys one of my fails, I I have a lot of them. Okay, like I said, I could keep you here all day. Last month, I go upstairs and I see see my six-year-old and she's eating, you know those little candies that have like, they're like 50 in a one bag. That was a sadistic dude that made the Smarties, you know, Smarties. She's eating it like a little raccoon in the corner. She's like, Bruh. and I said, Where'd you get that? She's right, literally like a raccoon, like, you know. And I said, Where'd you get those? She's like, My stash. I was like, Stash? We're talking about a stash. She's like, We all have a stash. I was like, No, you don't. We've been very clear about this. There is a candy bowl. How many of you parents have like a candy, a, a tree place, right? Well, it turns out there's about 10 tree places in my home. And I said, well, Eden, what do you mean? She's like, Selah has a stash and Eva has a stash. We all got a stash. I said, well, we're just, right? So I bring them in there and, and Eva starts laughing with this evil laugh. Have you guys ever heard an evil laugh from your 40 pound dog? She's like, <laughs> I'm like, Eva, this is disturbing. Where's your stash? And she's like, uh, she lifts up the mattress. And I'm like, the mattress? What is this, like drug money under there? Like what's happening? You know, there's literally, there was Twizzlers, there's M&Ms. They're all like crushed. It was disgusting. And she's like, it's my stash. <laughs> all right. And then she says, Sayla has a stash. Now Sayla comes up. Is Sayla in here? Oh, praise God. I'm about to rat her out. I'm going to rat you out. I'm going to do what my dad used to do to me. Okay, here we go. She's like, I don't have a stash. I don't have a stash. Then she looks down. How many realize when your kids won't look you in the eye, you know, So how many of you kids ever just lie right to your face? You know, I'm like, honey, you are lying. She's like, I don't have a stash. <laughs> right? So we go in her room and I start going through the door. She's like, I don't have a stash, dad. I promise. I don't have a stash. I don't have, oh, maybe in that drawer I might have a stash. As I'm opening it, Reese Skittles, she's got the mother load. And I'm like, Selah. This stash is a sin against God and your father. (laughs) And the sins will go to the next generation. No, I didn't take it too far, but (laughs) I went full Deuteronomy on her. I was like, love that, I guess. No, I didn't. Um, but we put it back in the candy bowl, and I tell you that to tell you, parenting is hard, right? There's times you're like, what did I do wrong? Right? How many know what I'm talking about? Now, then there's beautiful moments, like yesterday, Eden comes down, she writes me this little letter, right, and she's, she's so good, in Eva, I love you, Dad, right? How many, no, you get those little love notes, you're just like, it makes up, up, makes up for everything else. No, I'm kidding. Um, there's beautiful moments of parenting, and we learn what it means to trust God in that. You guys got a few more minutes for me? All right, here we go. He protects us. I want to tell you, he promises us, he provides for us, In 1 John 2, 13 through 14, we find he protects us even from the evil one. He will never allow you to experience temptation beyond what you can bear. Isn't that powerful? He will never, he he protects you. If you say, well, no, you know, today you don't understand. There's no way out of this situation I'm in. Yeah, listen, God is there for you and he will protect you from ever experiencing something beyond what you can bear. He protects you from sin, the entrance in the kingdom. He gives you forgiveness. He even throws your enemy, Satan, into the lake of fire. This is my favorite one I wrote down. Never to tempt you again. How many of us think that's awesome? How many remember that song we used to sing called Sing to the King, right? The enemy, right? He's thrown into the fire. Never to be tempting you and messing with you again. Right? All right, now look at First Corinthians eight, four. And we got a lot of scriptures today. First Corinthians eight, four. There is no one, there I'm sorry, there is no God but one. One God, the Father. I would say the Father. Do you think God has tried to reveal Himself as a parent to you? The Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, one Lord Jesus, through Him all things were made. and through through whom we exist. And now you guys know I love that scripture. I use it a lot. But what's what's the originator there? The Father. The Father sends the Son to show you how much He loves you. The Father sends the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And I'm so thankful that I have a loving Father in heaven. Like that, amen? Are you thankful for the Father? I share with you guys about, our story of, of foster care and how much it has taught me about Father God's love. It's amazing uh, learning from God through this fostering experience. And I want to encourage you that maybe if you say, you know, I can be part of a fam team. In fact, can you put up that picture that has the mom? Yeah, thank you. We have this new ministry called Family Family. I'm sorry, Foster Care Advocacy Ministry. Um, Our director is Nikki Culver. And she's putting together teams to provide support for our foster families. Because how many of you guys realize there's over 20 kids in care in our church? Is that so cool? Is that so cool? Come on, praise God for that. We had someone come by the other day. I think she had 30 kids over the years. Foster, I mean, took care of so many kids. Kathy, amazing. And I just said, can you please just have a night where you just give us some wisdom? And so she was down for that, so we're going to do that. But listen, if you're interested in saying, you know what, I can just be a part of a support team. I can bring a meal to a foster family once a month. I can go sweep the floors once a month, right? Email that email right there, and maybe you just um, just be praying about that. And there's all kinds of ways that you can jump into this. I know, again, foster care is not for everyone. I understand that. But as you pray about this, understand that you can even just dip your toe in this by being a mentor. Who knows what a mentor mom or dad is down there at TCCS. You meet with a teenager once a month and you spend some time with them. How many guys realize every single one of those teenagers need the love of Father God? Amen? And you have that. Raise your hand if you've been saved more than 10 years. It's time you get in the game. I'm getting you off the bench. Come on. I'm getting you off the bench. I'm going to tell, tell you what Mick tells me. Play me or trade me. Every time Mick and I talk about, hey, can you give this couple a call? Can you give this guy a call? And he says, play me or trade me. I want to tell you. I wish, I wish every single one of you could take this heart that Mick Hasry he says, hey, just put me in the game. Let me serve alongside you and Pastor Dave and Will and the team. Even if, if it's leading a life group, if it's, if it's just going down and mentoring a child that needs your love. I don't know what ministry it is going to be, but there's got to be someone in your life where you say, I can be your spiritual parent. And I know what some of you are thinking because you're already disqualifying yourself. If you just heard a voice in your mind that says, you're not spiritual enough, I have news for you. That was the devil. His name is the accuser of the brethren. Literally, that's his job, is to tell you that you can't and that you're not good enough. That's what he does. So we got to ignore that voice and say, by faith, I can mentor someone. I can read the Bible with someone. I can meet someone every single month for coffee, and open the Bible together. Guys, I want to tell you, can I be very real with you? Can I come down here to make sure I keep your attention? Here we go. Listen, if we're going to transform Trumbull, it is not going to happen because of systems. Systems are awesome. Life groups are awesome. When we revamp Sunday school and we've got discipleship, that's awesome. Sitting in a room with 40 other people, awesome. Everybody say awesome. But what provides the most life change is not a system. It's not a system. I believe in systems. I love systems. It's not a system, though. The thing that provides the most life change is when you get and you say, I believe in you. I believe in you. Big time. I see a gift that you have. Can I encourage you in that? Hey, can we, hey, Jay, can we read the Bible together? Hey, can we go through this book together by Jonathan Eldridge? Or can we go through this together? And next thing you know, three months later, six months later, suddenly that young man's, he's lifting his head up. He's like, man, God can do something with my life. All right? And now that person's ready to start serving God in some way, stepping into a serve team. So I wanna encourage you. In fact, if everybody could just bow your heads. I want you to be asking God right now two questions. If you're a parent, I want you to ask yourself, how can I provide, protect, or promise my children? Because one of those might be ringing true for you than more than the others. Maybe you're doing a great job, sir. Maybe you are providing for them. You've provided a beautiful home for them to live in. Maybe you've protected them, but sir, have you promised them? Have you looked them in the eye and said, sir, I'm here for you no matter what you need. You can always talk to me. There's a few things that your children need to hear more than anything else. They are, I love you. I'm proud of you and God will always be there for you. There's a few things your children need to hear you promise. They need to hear you say, I love you, I always will. I love you, I always will. I'm proud of you. And God will always be there for you. And so sometimes as men, we get good at the providing thing. That's how God wired us to to work and to, to protect our family. And sometimes we we falter on that whole promise thing of vocalizing how we feel about our kids. I wanna encourage you, look your kids, your grandkids in the eye today. Don't let it go, don't say next week, don't say next month, because guess what? Then it won't happen, right? We're gonna look them in the eye today. Listen, when church gets out, some of you guys are gonna do it in the foyer. You're gonna look your daughter, your son in the eye, and you say, I love you and I always will. I want you to know I am of you, and that God will never, ever, ever leave you. You've got to promise that to your kids. You've got to let them hear it from you, because here's the truth. We all are looking for that promise, and if you don't give them that promise, then they will go looking for that promise elsewhere. So be that voice of truth to them. Now, I want to make an opportunity, too, for those of you that may not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're listening online or in your, you're in the room here and maybe you're a guest today, I don't know. It's possible that you know all about church, but have never repented of your sin and given your heart to God. It's even possible, I want to say this, that you see yourself as a good person. But see, when we come to Jesus, what we learn is that he is so holy, so good, that even what we consider to be good, the Bible says, is like filthy rags. Imagine an oil, a greased, stained rag. That's our righteousness compared to God's righteousness. And when we are willing to admit that and our need for God, that apart from God, we mess things up. If you're willing to admit that, if you feel God speaking to your heart today, that you want to become a child of God, you want to join this family of believers. Maybe today you felt like, man, it's like I walked into a giant family. The reason you felt that is because that is what happened You can feel the love for one another and the love for our Father in this room. And if you feel outside of that, I wanna tell you to come into that today. I wanna invite you into the family of God. If you wanna give your heart to Jesus Christ and let him forgive you of every sin, would you raise your hand nice and high? I won't call you forward. I'm gonna pray with you right here. Amen. Anybody else? Everybody that wants to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and God as your Father. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Can I just tell you in this place, people who are raising your hand, people who are online and everybody who's sitting here and you're already uh, in the family of God, I want to tell you something. Father God loves you more than you can ever, ever, ever comprehend. He, his love for you is so deep, the oceans could not hold it. His love for you is so great. You say, no, but what about my, no. Leave all of those reasons at the door. God's love for you is so incomprehensible He believes in you. He thinks the world of you. All the unique uh, character traits about you that you have. All the quirks about you. Do you know He? Put those in there. He created you. He loves you. So let's pray this prayer. And we're all going to pray it together for those that are receiving Christ online or in person today. We're all going to pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize my need for you. Your word says that if I confess my sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive me, to wash me clean, and to make me born again, a new person adopted into your family. You give me your name, your signet ring, your robe of righteousness. I commit my life to you. Make me your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand up and praise God? Come on, all the angels are celebrating right now. Isn't that so cool? You know, there's so much we could say about parenting, and I know it's so hard to squeeze it into one sermon. I I do want to tell you that Pastor Dave and Christine have told me that they're brainstorming a really cool uh, kind of parenting and marriage conference, followed by some discipleship. It's going to be awesome. Um, Hey, real quick, this is random, but can you guys just praise God for Pastor Dave and Michelle? Because they're doing so good. And I just, dude, like, (laughs) I told... I don't know who his mom or dad, I think I said, I think I've told someone every day, oh, thank God for Dave, because he, God's really given uh, Dave an amazing just uh, gift, for, a love for the church, but also a gift of organization. So when I tell him about all these crazy ideas about church planning, he's like, we're gonna do this, 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 and we get so pumped together. Um, did you have something you wanna share? Yeah. Hey, Tim's gonna share something real quick. Tim's a friend of mine, actually a neighbor of mine now too. Uh, can you welcome Tim, he's gonna share something on his heart.
0: I was sitting there as he was uh, speaking, and I, I felt God had a word for somebody, and that word is that uh, Satan is the accuser. If you are like me and you have a filthy past, that, that God used Moses, who was a murderer. He used Paul, who was a persecutor and a murderer. He used David, who was a murderer and an adulterer. Uh, adulterer to be mighty, mighty men of God over and over and over in the Bible. He gives examples of people with filthy pasts that he redeems, and they go on to do great and mighty things in the name of God. Do not let Satan hold you back. Do not let Satan accuse you because you were a drunk. Do not let Satan accuse you because you were, you were in the drugs. Do not let Satan accuse you because you slept around. Do not let Satan accuse you because you had a horrible parents. Do not let Satan hold you back from serving God.
1: Come on. Awesome. Dude, we all have this amazing story, and when suddenly when God starts shaping our story and we come into alignment with his love, it changes everything, doesn't it? Hey, I just want to bless you. Open your hands. I love when we remember to do this. I, I bless you with a, an, uh, a greater revelation of God's amazing love, that you would become so childlike you would literally be like a kid with a stash of candy. That you would be so grateful for your father's mercy. That his love for you is so great. He's just so glad you're in his family. He's so glad you're in his home. And he's willing to keep accepting you and shaping you and doing that course correction. Because he loves you. He has an amazing future for you. He promises to you to always be there for you. In this world you have trouble. But don't worry. I've overcome the world. He says I will always be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, have a great day and uh enjoy the Super Bowl or something.
0: Sometimes on this journey.